Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Did you ever think that you'd be stuck with me for the rest of your life? (laughs) (laughs) You do do one movie with me. And you're like, this guy is the one I'm going to, the rest of, I can't, now we're stuck together. Thank God. (laughs) Well, first of all, if we say Bill and Syl... (laughs) It's because Bill is for brother-in-law, B-I-L, and Syl is for sister-in-law, S-I-L. Bill and Syl, brother-in-law, sister-in-law, forever, you're, you're my Syl. And you're the Bill to my Syl. So I'm married to Drew's uh, producing partner, Nancy Javonen, now Fallon, Nancy Javonen Fallon. I think um, Nan, for myself, has always made me see my own potential. I want to try everything, I want to do it. I know I have this passion and perseverance, but it is not coming from ego or assumption. I think I have to earn everything. But when I met Nan, I felt like things were possible. Dreams were real. And I wonder if she made you feel that way too, because after we did Fever Pitch, you didn't want to act anymore. I don't think that was all by choice. <laughs> You've seen my acting <laughs> face to face. I think the world spoke and go like, we're good, we're good. Anything else, Jimmy, what else you wanna do? No, Escape. I think that was you. After Fever Pitch, I was just like, I think I grew up you know, a little bit and like I'm still growing up. And uh, you know, getting serious with Nancy. So I didn't, I've never really gotten that serious and go like, hey, time to focus up. But she was clearly, magical and awesome and Nancy's the whole reason for for doing the the show from our home because we left 30 Rock in our show it was a Thursday and I remember NBC canceled the audience that day they said no definitely no audience because this thing is is real and um, Nancy goes what are you gonna do and I go what I mean I don't I don't know she's like I mean you have to do something so I go yeah I should do something uh, so Nancy held the sub, she directed me, and I was just talking to the, you know, an iPhone, but I really lucked out. I mean, I got her as a guest. That's the hardest guest I've ever had a guest before. Oh, yeah. I asked her to do our show, and she wrote me an email, <laughs> and it said this. Know when I'm saying this, I have examined everything. I took every <laughs> shelf off the box. That's like saying, no offense, but... I went to the top of the mountain, (laughs) I considered, I dissected, I lived as if I said yes, I lived as if I said no, I have worn this in every way possible, I could not have been more thoughtful, and I have to say, not only is my answer no, but please don't ever bring it up. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, she is so, does not want to be on camera at all, not even a remote bug of like, hey, this is cool, I'm like, I'm gonna be, you know, seriously, so it was like, when we had no guests and anyone, no one to talk to, I go, honey, maybe, maybe a little walk and talk and everyone asks you some questions, like, okay, yeah, 
All right. Good. All right. Let's just go to bed now. I go, it's five o'clock. Let's, let's stay for a couple more <laughs> hours. She's like freaking out. Every time uh, we would have an interview, she would get so nervous and like, and sweaty palms and not know what she, but then when she does it, it's great and people loved it. You have pioneered three times now, four times now in the talk show space. I think you didn't like acting because it wasn't enough. You couldn't do everything that you can do. <laughs> no, I, well, I, I, I think that, you know, the movie thing is just, I'm not built for it, you know, and it's a lot of work. You know, and I know that that's that's helped me with my show. But I just think that you had too much in you. And I'm curious if I have my facts straight, because did Lauren tell you and how long before did he tell you that there might be a chance of taking over for Conan? Yeah, that was Lauren. I was leaving SNL. I, I always wanted to stay only three seasons on Saturday Night Live because John Belushi did. And I was like. That's it, three seasons, that's it. So I went into Lauren and I go, I think I have to leave, sorry. We had a good thing and he's like, right. You have a contract for six years, so you're not leaving. <laughs> anyway, what else is on your mind? I go, well, did you hear I'm gonna quit and everything? He's like, yeah, no. He goes, I think you should do update, you know, whatever. And so we talked and I'm, luckily, he's so right. He's always right. Uh, and I, I stayed uh, and did, you know, three more years. But then after six years, I go, I think I should go just because I'm, I'm friends with everybody. I'm friends with the crew. I'm friends with all the cast. I don't want to be one of those people that it gets, it becomes a job and you get crusty and you go, you're mad at something and you go, I just had the best experience. Let's stop it now. And wow, I can't believe I was this lucky. And he goes, okay. He goes, you know, uh, Conan is leaving in like three years or something that was, oh, six years. It was six years. He said there was a weird contract he signed with Leno or something. Leno had six more years to The Tonight Show and then Conan was gonna take over. Something bizarre like that. And I go, oh yeah. He goes, I think you'd be good at that. And I go, really? And Tina Fey was in the office too. And she goes, I think so too. She goes, you love people. And you're still that person. I love people. I love stories. I love, I'm interested. I really am. So I said, great. I'll see you in six years, you know? And then six years later, he called me. Do you think you ever forgot that he said that to you? Was it always on the back burner and could any job match the potential of what that could let you do? No, that's a great question. No way. This job let me do every single thing I could ever think of, ever, ever. And I don't think anything was gonna work for you until that happened. Yeah, interesting, I never thought about that. When you took over late night, you knew what to do. When it came to a home show, you knew what to do. You knew when it was time to dress a little differently and take it into the office, so to speak, of yeah. a studio. But it's hard when people know things and they're capable and they've got every detail and they're managing it. I think sometimes that comes with a rigidity of like capability, but there's some type of like almost Stiffness or something. Yes. Go, yeah. You're like a loose goose, and yet you know exactly what to do, when to do it. <laughs> no, you know what? I have good people around me. That's it. That's the secret. Uh, you have talked to every step of the way on all these things you're talking about. Lorne, uh, Nancy, you know, and honest, honest people and good people. Surround yourself with good people. That's what, that's some, you know, every great person has said that, you know, so it's the truth. And no matter what age, whenever you figure it out, 
you go, oh. And I think a lot of people are figuring it out now. They go, oh, I don't have to hang out with my, 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 my nephew, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can. Well, I mean, Jesus, Corona <laughs> is a real life editor. I mean, right? Because, yeah, we don't have to do this anymore. <laughs> this is not even rude if I leave here because I don't even want to be here. You, you, it, <clears throat> you don't have to do it. Is there a host out there that really speaks to you? Johnny Carson. That would be my guy. He would do interviews. He would do song and dance. I mean, you know, you got to meet him. I mean, it's, it's, uh, he's magic. He's like, you know, you can't really learn how to do this without really doing it. But there's, Dick Cavett has a good book that you should read. It's good. I know you love him. And I loved when you did a show in like Ode to Dick Cavett. Remember that? We had the whole set from the, from the show from the 70s. I mean, nobody broke format the way you did. You had the Rolling Stones on and played their documentary. <laughs> you changed everything. You changed what was possible and what people thought they could do. Research process, anything like particular that's very important to you? Uh, I have really good segment producers. So the, a segment producer talks to the guests like before they come on do the interview. So they kind of like try to get you like any good story like how was your flight? And uh, <laughs> after doing this for 10 plus years now, I know everybody really pretty well. And I've seen them at their highs and the lows. So I also have personal stories where I'll talk to people now and now I go like, hey, are you still collecting, uh, you know, troll dolls or something? You know, like, no, I'm out of, you know. And then it sparks a yep. thing, then it's a snowball. Then it becomes a giant, you know, and it's great. I love when that happens. You make it personal. Yeah. So you know the pace of SNL, you know the pace of movies, and you know the pace of talk shows. What am I in for? Am I fooling myself? I keep saying, I've been working since I was 11 months old, from 4 a.m. to 11 p.m. every day, five days a week, night shoots on weekends. Like, I've got this. I've seen you. Am yeah. I wrong? Am I really wrong? I'm afraid I'm really wrong. No. My, I think for the first time I got cocky and it's gonna bite me in the ass so badly, Bill. I couldn't think of a better person for this, Syl, than you. And honestly, you always go, not only just like, you, you never take the easy way out. You go, if I'm gonna get from here to there, I'm gonna work my way from here to there. And I know from being your family and your friend that how hard you've worked to get to this stage. I mean, it's non-stop. There's no one with a better work ethic than you. And you crush it. And you always do, no matter what it is. And so, yeah, this is a giant thing. It's a life change, but it's a good thing. The thing that I said that I believed made me maybe potentially correct for this job was that when I was seven, I was in Tokyo, uh, ET World Press Tour, and this woman, uh, shoved an autograph under the bathroom stall and was holding the paper out and I was like, oh, life is about to really change from here on out. Like, there's the moment where you know things are going to be different. And that somehow made me aware that how I spoke to people, like, was all exchanges. And that all those exchanges, if they could be filled with dignity and connectivity, then that was what was required and that's what felt right and that became my own personal standard. Everyone's got a great 
Drew story. No one's got a bad Drew story. Everyone's like, ah, oh, I met you at the thing and you're so nice to me and nice to my kids. I mean, I've been around you when that happens. But you're the same person. You care about everyone. You're interested in everyone. I read this thing in a book. It said, listen to people for they have their stories too. I was 14 and it was like all these little breadcrumbs have led me to be someone who absolutely does love to engage, does believe in the respect of people, does believe an exchange has an opportunity to have positive energy. Yeah, and we're probably having the same problems you are. No yeah. matter how awesome their life looks, there's something where it's not, no one has a perfect life. Someone's like, yeah, I'm going through the same thing. And you go, what? I thought you were just all, everyone's got a, a story and everyone can relate. We're all, you know, I was talking to someone the other day and said, there's water in all of us. There's water in the earth. And it was like, like 90% were water. It just got so deep. I was like, okay, uh, yeah. this is the best party I've ever been to. Yeah. Uh, but I was like, <laughs> <laughs> it was a Zoom part. You pioneered when you came on late night. There was no social media in TV. There was no um, viral clips that everybody aspires to now. You had games, people were not doing that. You brought song and dance and variety and most hosts cannot bring that. They just don't have that skill set. They have different ones and everybody has theirs, but you were like a triple threat with that. And you just seemed to put it all together in this very large mosaic and tapestry, but that we wrap ourselves up in. And I just know that you've made the world a more innovative, safer and better place. And I love you. And I love everything you've done. And I love everything you've put out there. And that doesn't even go into the SNL category, which is, <laughs> oh my God. Oh, I, I just, That's what did, so S nice. I know. Oh That's my so God. nice, but like, wouldn't, wouldn't it be funny if, if Oprah was sitting behind me? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, now this makes sense. Okay, I'm sorry, I thought, I'm so sorry. I think one of the hardest I've ever cried in my life was at your wedding. Like, I was having a major problem because I was convulsing so hard, I was worried I was ruining it. I would have, no, I was, I was staring, you know what I was staring at? The Kermit, Kermit the Frog. Kermit the Frog. <laughs> so at our wedding, we had a tiny wedding, but we had a videographer at our wedding, and so they knew that our wedding song was Rainbow Connection. Mm -hmm. They thought it'd be funny to surprise us. You don't surprise anyone on their wedding. Just what? Don't, I don't even like surprises in general. Definitely don't surprise anyone on their wedding. Uh, and so I'm coming down the, the aisle first, I guess, just to you get ready. And then Nancy's going to be walked down by her dad. And I go there and I get to the front and there's a Kermit the Frog doll in the front row. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like flopped, flopped in there. Like there's a puppet with no hand in it. Nancy's coming in and I'm welling up. Mike, she looks beautiful. And then the corner of my eye, there's a Kermit the Frog doll. Just zapping all the romance, <laughs> zapping all the romance out of the wedding. I'm like, what? it's so bold. And I go, what the what is going on? It's like sticking. You might as well stick it to the back of Nancy's dress. As she's going down the aisle, there's a Kermit the Frog like strapped <laughs> to the back with suction cups, like the Garfield in the in the, in the minivan. And then we got the video. There's 30 shots of Kermit the Frog Easter eggs hidden in our. <laughs> Do you have a dream guest that still hasn't done the show? There's many things. I wish I asked Prince to do a sketch because he was funny and we, he liked me and we always got along and I know he would have done one, you know, but he just, at the time you go like, he's Prince and I don't want to mess with him and 
but he was always funny. He liked me. And so he would make jokes and like in his Prince way and he had a great sense of humor. He borrowed Kirk's guitar once from the Roots and Kirk was honored and he's playing his guitar and he's just awesome, you know, he's Prince. And at, when he's done, because his guitar tech was late or something. Isn't that hilarious? You're a guitar tech for Prince and you're late. Oh God. <laughs> Anyways, at the end he finishes the thing, takes the guitar off, throws it. <laughs> There's no one there to catch it because the guitar tech is late. <laughs> The guitar breaks. <laughs> Kirk's like, what the? You know, and Prince is just acting cool. You know, he just walks off. And then they're like, dude, you just broke like Kirk's guitar. And Kirk's like, A, that was my guitar. B, I wanted to have that guitar after you played it. <laughs> oh, what of it? Yeah, now now it's a uh, coaster. It holds his, uh, his beer cans. Uh, so, no, Prince felt so bad and got it fixed and repaired. And, you know, he was like, oh, my gosh, are you kidding me? He assumes that's his life. You take, you throw the guitar. Right, someone's, someone's there, there to, to catch, catch it. it. No, no, and so, but he was funny, and so it's those things you look back and you're like, ah, you missed that one, you know. But, you know, probably the real answer would be probably Nancy's mom. I'd like to see, I'd like to have her look at me and talk to me and say like, hey, that's who your daughter married. She's good. Add this out or add more tears, <laughs> one or the other. Uh, but yeah, I'd say probably um, just to let her know who I am and who her daughter fell in love with, and that she has grandkids, and there's so many things, you know. I hope it's okay to say this, but I'm convinced that Pam couldn't be happier. <laughs> this, are you gonna do this to people? I is this what your thing is? I uh, is this is what's gonna happen? <laughs> you come on, dude. What's that? Where's the Kermit the Frog? I need something. <laughs> I need just, in case Kermit. it gets too heavy, I need to have the doll with the no hand. I need to have the puppet somewhere. <laughs> just so you go, okay. Can I quickly take a, oh my God. <laughs> my mother made a scrapbook. Oh my God. No, there's much worse. That's me as Gene Shalit for Halloween. I loved Gene Shalit. Every kid was dressed as Gene Shalit for Halloween. Could you, you, had, you couldn't turn the corner without. Some kid dressing as the movie critic Gene Chalice. Oh my God. Oh, was that on SNL? That's SNL, and I'll tell you why it's cool. This is the last year Edie Baskin, who's a legendary photographer for SNL, yep. retired after my season. But you could tell it's an Edie Baskin photo because look into my eyeballs, see that woman and standing in front of the light. That's yes. That's Edie. So. From my photo to Gilda's photo to Garrett Morris to uh, Eddie Murphy to name it, Edie Baskin's behind in their eyes. I was lucky enough to, I believe, get an Edie Baskin photo She's from the, the 1982. She's the coolest. Still the youngest. That's right. Now, who's that Latin superstar? <laughs> because I love his work. Living the vida I mean, loca. what is he? What soap opera is he on? I love it. Oh, but going back to like the 50s. Gel was on sale. <laughs> and they said a little deaf will do you, but I did a lot of deaf. Your dad still looks exactly the same. <laughs> like that could be Jim last month. <laughs> it does look exactly the same, doesn't he? Like he exactly. Doesn't, yeah. He doesn't do it, nothing yet. Nothing different. He looks exactly the same. And he loves you and so proud of you. I love him so much too. And I just love getting to like hang out and talk to him because I know song is going to break out. Oh, he's got to harmonize with everything. I mean, the guy harmonizes with a doorbell. 
Ding dong, ding dong. I love it, Is Gloria. That a good <laughs> She's like, I'm gonna do the pots. <laughs> and this is the time where you only had 10 pictures on your phone. So someone thought that was important. I love it, Piazza Mianginelli. Wait, this is my modeling career. This is me, I'm a, that's a Calvin Klein model. Seriously? That's not the reaction. Oh God, I'm the most The reaction is, yes. I bought no, it. No, what do you mean gullible? I, yeah, I was. Really? <laughs> Again, not the reaction. Yes! <laughs> I was a supermodel. <laughs> what is the problem? Oh yeah, let's see the Calvin Klein ad. Oh, we'll see the Calvin Klein ad. Oh, I'm embarrassed now, I totally remember that. Do you remember this dude? Absolutely. It was the weirdest little picture. I couldn't see it. <laughs> that I remember. This guy shows up at a party. He's like, no problem. I'm just looking at a beautiful sunset. No, explosion. <laughs> Finish this sentence. Okay. There have been six hosts of The Tonight Show. I want to be remembered as the one who... Did the most with it. There he is. I think they'd all be psyched that we have the internet and all this stuff now that Steve Allen would be like, you did what with the Taisha? You gotta be kidding me. There's people in, uh, you know, Dubai watching me. This is like, it's bigger than what anyone thought this would be. It's a tiny little show, you know, uh, and, and, and now it's global. It's, I think everyone, if they were alive, uh, and everyone who is alive, they go, this is great. You're doing the most of what you can make of this show, you're doing it. Thank you. Drew, we need you. Everyone needs you. They need the show. Uh, this all makes sense. And uh, everyone's so lucky they get to see this. Uh, you're awesome. And we need this. We need something. We need something. We need you. We need Drew. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary and it's not boring. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. I'm going to be your financial coach, someone who brings common sense and an insider's perspective on how to manage your money and your emotions. And I promise we are going to have a little bit of fun along the way. Have a question from retirement to career changes to college funding? Just send us an email at askjill at jillonmoney.com. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.